Hi everyone. Listening to these podcasts may bring up some strong emotions for you. Please allow yourself to find a comfortable space and reasonable time afterwards for nurturing and self-care. Thanks for listening. Hi everyone. Today I'm asking the question, what value do you place on self-worth? Is it of high importance to your well-being? Perhaps it is not something that you may think about on a regular basis. I touched on this subject in my podcast, What Would It Be Like to Know You Could Truly Believe in Yourself? However, I felt it was worth exploring at a deeper level. A quote I read a while ago stated, Self-worth means I believe I am who I say I am. I'm wondering if this is really something people give a lot of thought to. I know I certainly struggle with self-worth in my earlier years, which I have spoken about in previous podcasts, and it was only through the intense self-evaluation, which was necessary when completing my diploma and university degrees, that I was able to define what self-worth really meant to me. I recognise that knowledge of personal self-esteem affects a sense of self-worth. I realised I could have been stuck in old patterns of belief if it wasn't for the process I needed to go through. So therein lies the question, how do we value and perceive ourselves? This can be difficult to define and maintain in our busy day-to-day lives. However, our opinions and beliefs about ourselves are necessary to self-evaluate and to be able to change the way we view our self-worth. Do you ever allow what is going on around you to determine what comes through you? What I mean by this is, do you ever feel that what happens to you alters the truth about who you really are? Outside influences can often play a part in altering positive ways of thinking and believing. Do you ever find yourself denying your feelings and your power in order to meet the demands and expectations of others? Where does your self-worth come into play in this situation? Have you ever felt like you are overdoing and overgiving, trying to convince yourself and others that you are worthy? Do you ever feel like you are carrying so much stuff, even other people's stuff? that you can hardly move. Suffocating and exhausting, isn't it? It can be hard for us to realise, understand or accept that the way we treat ourselves sets the model for how we will be treated. I read a statement years ago that said, you are not what happens to you, you are how you handle what happens to you. To allow yourselves to be treated the way we have always been treated, often because it is all you may have known, is the ultimate act of self-betrayal. Such a powerful statement, and one that is extremely thought-provoking. That feeling of unworthiness is like a gaping hole in your heart. You never seem to have enough or do enough to feel the whole. So where to begin to examine a new way of thinking 
and being. I can absolutely say without hesitation that to even think about a new way of thinking and being can easily be placed in the too-hard basket. Outside influences and circumstances can play a big part in this decision. Not enough time, too busy, family to care for, elderly parents need my attention, or it's just too damn hard, and so on. Would you agree that life is about moving through, moving on, growing up, and growing through each and every experience. If so, what does that mean with regard to self-worth? I read a statement a few years ago that I felt important enough to keep that self-worth is an understanding on the intellectual level, trusting at the heart level and accepting at the soul level that you are worthy just because you believe that you are. I just love that. It really touches me. A struggle can also emerge when a person cannot see themselves as a valuable and worthy person because they know about their dark side, the side that can come across as mean, ugly and nasty. However, when you truly understand that it is human nature to have a dark side with dark thoughts, it can help to be able to reach further for the light within you, acknowledging your humanness and having some self-compassion. It could be beneficial to remember that your worth is a function of your being And in learning to embrace your being, don't look at mistakes. Once again, we are human and we all make mistakes in life. They in no way affect our worth. Dr Tara Brush, a psychologist, author and meditation teacher, explains this beautifully when she asks her clients who have limited beliefs about themselves. Who would you be if you didn't believe there is something wrong with you? She also asks, how is that belief living in your body right now? I really love these self-exploratory questions. As for any new belief to surface around self-worth, there needs to be a good deal of self-awareness, which, of course, can bring up painful feelings. You may not have been aware of the role your thoughts, words and expectations play in the creation of your life experiences. Could it be possible that you may be creating pain in your life as a reflection of the belief that you are not worthy? Let's face it, when something is important to you, you take care of it. Which brings me back to the title of the podcast. What value do you place on self-worth? After reflecting on today's podcast, are you recognising the importance of self-worth on your well-being? If so, 
Where would you see yourself beginning the process of discovering the value of your self-worth? It can be difficult to begin the change process. However, if you have realised after listening today that it is something you would like to consider, perhaps it could be beneficial to seek the assistance of a counsellor or a psychologist to unravel thoughts and feelings and bring forth a new beginning in the way you may view yourself. I know these podcasts can be very thought-provoking. Another poignant and beautiful statement I read many years ago is, your life is a testimony of who you are. As you review and examine the testimony your life is making to the world, you gather evidence of who you really believe you are. As always, thanks so much for listening. I really enjoy reading any feedback and you can contact me at mail at jambaylisscounselling.com.au. Hi, Jerry. From the other side of the sound desk. Yes, hi. Um, One of the things I find really difficult when recording you is staying present and, and doing my job, like listening to the sound rather than listening to your words and your voice and and thinking about that. So I, what I should be doing is listening to the sound and monitoring the sound and listening to your phrasing and words and all those kind of things. Um, what I often find myself doing is listening to your words and they're going in and then I'm thinking about those and, and I'm going, oh, I just realised I'm not listening to your sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this one especially I found myself so often... Um, listening to what you were saying, as always, um, not staying present. Um, but what really struck me about this was so many things. When you said about um, filling the hole, oh, filling the hole, that that struck me. Struck me yesterday when I was editing it, struck me again more powerfully to hear you say those words. And I think that's such a a thing that people are doing unconsciously. It's, it was certainly something I did for so many decades of my life is tried to fill the hole. And, um, you know, going through 12-step program really showed me that, and I'm going to use the S word again, spiritual, mm. um, a, a spiritual connection of some kind mm. is important. Um, and... You know, I think we are, I, I subscribe to the fact that we're spiritual beings having a human experience. Um, I was pretty much forced to go to church as a child, which turned me off any kind of spirituality mm. until, you know, not 10, 15 years ago when I realised that I'd been looking for something and that was a connection to to this in here. Mm. And to hear your words about this, the self-worth and and the filling up, I think there's such a a gulf there that people. So can you see that when when people come to you, how do you broach that, um, or how do you explore that with them? Because I imagine exploring the idea of a spiritual hole with people can be quite difficult. Mm. The client will guide the direction of a session. 
um, in, in where they're feeling comfortable to go. So it can take a while for anything to sort of come out around what they even being there, whatever they're even in the session for, because they sometimes they're not clear, because if if there's a um, as even if there is a gaping hole in them, they don't know. They, they could have been filled with all sorts of stuff to keep them going, and they don't know yet what they're wanting to continue to, to fill their their hole with, how they want their, to fill their own hole. Uh, and if that's a spiritual way, if that's their spiritual way they want to do it, they, they're not. They're sometimes not clear around that. So it can be just them guiding where, um, what, like, this, like uh, exploring in the session where they're at. We talk about where they're at, uh, the, their uh, the environmental their life, with their home, their the environment they're in, uh, their who they're living with. It's really important to sort of get to the to them to sort of find out where they're slotting in to, in their life to the, what they li- where they're living and to me the environment is as important as the family base as well as what's around them as well so then uh, it, it could be a they could be going to church or they could be not it, it, it's sort of then for them to sort of start to talk about and then it's not for me to give them advice it's about for me to allow the guiding process for them because mo- I go with the assumption that a person, when they get to explore themselves more, they know better about who they really are. So I get them to explore who they are and by asking different questions. So you're almost like um, leading the horse to water kind of thing, isn't it? It's like here's the water trough, you're thirsty, Mm. now you've got to sort out what to do about it. Well, yeah, So, because some people come in and say, well, you're the counsellor, you, you can give me the advice. I I let them know that um, you're the best person. I can guide you as we walk through work through our sessions to find out who, what you're really wanting for you because I don't know that. I don't know um, what you're, I, could, you know, I can't tell you where what you're wanting I can only guide you with what you tell me about you and then we can certainly explore wonderful things about you. I can explore, explore your, you know, where you want to go, how you want to be, your spirituality. We can explore all of this. We can explore how you're fitting into your environment, how you're fitting into your family, um, what what grief and unresolved grief issues might still be in your life, what your needs are. Um, where you're, where, where, what what you'd like to do? Is there changes you want to make? What what sort of changes are you looking at? Um, and then age factors coming to that as well. So it's an exploration of an individual. Um, it's also uh, an exploration of a couple if they come for couple counselling, so that we I, we can get a picture of of what they're wanting, what's working, not working. If it's a couple, you know, around communication and and also um, what's occurring in the family unit, how that's working for them, how it's working individually as a couple and for family members as well. Mm. So it's, it's a lot of exploration really. Mm. But allowing them to, you're giving them the space to find it themselves, which is what we don't really get in our day-to-day lives, is it? No, because you... It's, it's almost like I could say 
it might sound a bit silly, but it's a gift you can give yourself mm. that I don't need to tell you about what you need to do in your life. As we talk in a counselling room, you may be coming up with ideas yourself and I certainly can guide that and I can actually then give you tools mm. and I often do with my clients. I give them not so much not a good homework, but I like to give them certain sort of worksheets that have come up if we've been talking in the session and I think, oh, this, I know the worksheet that I can give this person and they can go away and, you know, have a look at that and think if that's going to be beneficial to them. Once again, it's still up to the person, you know, for them to look at it and make that decision for themselves. I can't make that decision. That was one of the... the one of the things that I loved about I used to go to a 12-step meeting, a men's meeting uh, every week, and one of the things that I found so hard about that to start with was there was no, I didn't get it at all. It's like, what am I supposed to do? I, I sat at the back of the room and, and um, cried most of the time, uh, struggling with with all the newness that I spoke about previously, you know, the breaking of the bones thing and the changes that I need to make, trying to hang on to my old life but knowing I needed to be somewhere else. And I didn't get what I had to do. And one of the guys, I don't know, saying, saying this to him, the first time I, I actually managed to speak to someone there after many weeks of going, one of the guys said, just keep coming back. <laughs> and after three or four weeks then of hearing this guy going, Keep coming back. I mean, I, I'm coming back and I don't know what I'm meant to do. So keep coming back. And it was that simple. And it was um, it was really like an osmotic process, like you're listening to people share their own stories of their process and their recovery. And this is, was my life. This is now my life. And gratitude and all those things. And to learn then, and, you know, previously we spoke about spirituality and I just wanted to be clear that it's not it's not about religion. It's about something, anything that's bigger than yourself. And for me, the concept of a God of your own understanding in the 12-step program, I was able to go, oh, I, I'm allowed to have God with a little G, not a big G <laughs> from the church, but yeah. a little G because yeah. it's my own thing. That's right. And I create it myself. And for me, that was the turnaround. It's like I can actually have my own spiritual program, my own spiritual path that's not dictated by anybody and that's okay for me. Mm. And that was a big turnaround point for me. That was when I started connecting with something bigger than myself. Mm. And nobody told me that. No. And that's what I love about like your process and listening to your words. It's like you're not dictating anything. No. There's no dogma in what you say. You're offering some things for discussion. Mm. And that's why I love having these chats afterwards. Like it's been, we've been recording together now. Like this is episode 16, 17, episode 16. And um, I, I would love to see more people come and chat with you and I'd love to hear you discuss your process as mm. well on this podcast. I think there's so much that you can offer people. I really do. Thanks, Jerry. Uh, the word, one of the words you just used there was gratitude mm. and it's beautiful in the counselling room when a client begins to understand themselves better 
and they become grateful for each tiny little step that they're making. They just go, wow, you know, I did this. You know, last week, you know, we talked about this and this. And then I went away and I thought about it, you know, and I've done this and I've done that. And now I'm, you know, I'm I'm, I'm doing this. I didn't know I could do that, you know. So it's it, that's that's where it's lovely that that you're on that journey with your client. You're not it's not about a process of forcing anything. And you're, you're on not a, giving them instruction as yeah, well. You're no, just it's, watching it's just unfold. watching them unfold. It's beautiful. Unfold and becoming who they truly want to be. And that's why I say say it's it's a gift they're giving themselves because I'm only just guiding them. I'm just sitting there with guiding them. And it's a gift they're giving themselves and they they're grateful. They they're grateful for each little step they're taking. Not so much, yes, I might say they say, yes, we, that's really great what we did in the counselling room. However, they're grateful for themselves because they're changing for themselves. It's well, what they want. What a lovely gift for mm. you as well oh, to be is. able to see that. Beautiful. But uh, I think, you know, I, I, I give so much thanks to the counsellor that helped me through my time and I know when you mentioned his name, I just like burst into tears because like, oh my goodness, like I owe him so much in my life. And um, it's such a powerful change, I think, that the power that positive counselling has for change in people until you've experienced it, until you know, and the sad thing is until you know you need that and want that. Mm. And then you go and then you go through the process. Like people like yourself can open that up for people and mm. give people so much positive in their lives. It's mm. amazing what a lovely thing you do. Mm. It is. It's, it's a real joy. It's, it's wonderful. Mm. Beautiful. And, and it would be lovely to have more. I'd, I'd love to hear more people kind of come on your podcast and share their share their experience as well mm. I think it would be great for other people to hear that to go wow that's I never thought of going to see a counsellor mm. like I didn't think I needed to but wow what a great thing it, it can lead to yeah yeah that's lovely let's hope people write in yes awesome <laughs> we have more people along <laughs> okay. that's great Jerry thank you thanks Jan talk to you again soon thank you bye bye <laughs>